Welcome to the Fuel Her Awesome Show. I'm your host, Jess. I'm a wife and a mama, and I'm juggling work and misbehaved dogs, but they're really cute. (laughs) I'm a sports dietitian and empowered eating coach. I am absolutely obsessed with nutrition science and helping you crank up the volume on your body's biofeedback. Let's pivot your relationship with your food and your body from doubt and distrust to a confident bond that can weather the seasons of life as we discover the healthiest version of you with Empowered Eating. Hello, my friend. I'm so glad you are here. Can we just take a quick second? Can you take a pause, whatever you're doing, look outside. Maybe the sky is beautiful and blue. Maybe it's stormy. Whatever the weather is, isn't it amazing that we can look at the same sky and connect right here. We can come together from opposing sides of the world and have a conversation. I am so glad for that because today we're talking about something that is really close to my heart and my guess is it's close to yours as well, and that is mental health. Here in America, it is Mental Health Awareness Month and as a dietitian with roots and eating disorder treatment, I deeply value the need for this awareness and having conversations around mental health. I think we're living in a very cool time where mental health is not nearly as taboo as it used to be. Going and getting support, talking about depression and anxiety is something that is much more normalized than it was even 10 years ago, and I'm so grateful for that, but I know we're just getting started on this conversation. We are truly facing a mental health crisis, especially here in the United States. I pulled some stats that I want to share with you guys. One in five adults in the United States experiences mental health illness. One in five. One in 20 experiences serious mental health disorders and less than 50% received treatment in 2021. Something I find especially alarming as a mama is that one in 10 18-year-olds and younger experience a mental health condition. And this was After the pandemic, that number jumped that high. What absolutely breaks my heart here is that as of 2020, suicide is the second leading cause of death in U.S. children ages 10 to 14. You guys, that that is so heartbreaking, and I've seen families go through it. I am terrified as my boys are getting older. This is something that has to be talked about more and more. On the health side of things and more of what I see in my realm and my private practice here is that people with depression have a 40% higher risk of developing cardiovascular and metabolic diseases. So any way we look at it, mental health is a need that needs more attention, needs more support. And if you are someone that struggles with this, you know this. And if you don't, I would put money on the fact that you have someone that you love dearly that does. And so I know either way, this episode is going to be full of helpful information for you. And, you know, like I said, this is a conversation and this is honestly a much bigger conversation than I will be able to have here on a 20 minute show. So my hope today is to generate some awareness, talk a little bit about why therapy is so cool and speak specifically to some of the nutrition tactics we can take to support our mental health because there is a really fascinating link between gut health and some specific micronutrients that I think is helpful. And while it won't fix mental health, it sure does help with some of the process. So I'm glad to have this conversation. Thank you guys for being here on this one because I know it's not as fun and flowery as we usually have on the show, but I think it's super important to talk about this. And I thought, you know, I can't skip May Mental Health Awareness Month because it's so true to honestly who I am. It, Being in therapy, going through eating disorder recovery, and being close-knit with a lot of mental health providers, 
I can't ignore this. And I see it show up in a lot of our food language, like our relationship with our food directly correlates with our own mental health. And I hate it when I see people feel shame about that. They feel embarrassment, like I should just be able to quit eating the chocolate when really there's so much more going on behind the scenes. So yeah, (laughs) I could go on and on, but we are going to talk a little bit about mental health and nutrition today. So let's start with this one. Let's start with breaking down some of the taboos and talk about how cool therapy is. If you are someone that's in therapy, you know this. Like, I don't have to tell you how amazing that one hour is when you get to set aside time to explore your own stuff, unpack it in a safe space, in in a space where someone has been trained to help you navigate through that and grow and heal. It is incredibly powerful. But if you're someone that's on the fence about it, and you know, you're kind of like, well, I don't know if I really have that big of issues. Like I only get stressed sometimes. Let me tell you something. It You don't have to be like mentally ill enough. There's no enough or sick enough to qualify you for seeing a counselor or a therapist or a psychologist. Mental health providers, I think are such a gift to our world because we do live in this fast paced, chaotic space and We don't have a lot of time to sit down and actually unpack and process what's going on. And so we can get lost in our thoughts. And what I see in the nutrition world is that when we get lost in our thoughts and we start to get overwhelmed by the feelings and we just pack them in a box, we put them in that little, you know, bucket we keep in the back of our head and we just say, we'll deal with that later. That eventually starts to overflow and it starts to show up in how we care for ourselves. Sometimes it's in how we interact with food. You know, sometimes we seek more comfort with food or maybe we start to get obsessive about healthy eating. Sometimes it shows up in our exercise regimen. It does creep out. So there is no level of mentally ill enough to go see a therapist. I used to think that and I didn't see one for a very long time. And then when I did, I was so, so glad. Like one, I walked in, I don't know what I was thinking. I was young, but for some reason I was totally thinking like the movie scenes where there was going to be a couch and I was going to have to lay there and do some meditating But I I worked with this therapist who was incredible. She was actually a personal trainer. So I felt like I really connected with her right away. And it was invaluable what I got out of that. I think the biggest thing I've taken away from therapy is the acknowledgement or highlighting of my limiting beliefs that I didn't even know I had. Like I have some things in my head that are just so normalized that I didn't even know they were limiting beliefs. I didn't even realize they were a story. Like I had accepted them as such solid fact and never challenged them. And when I lived that way, I was never able to grow. But being in therapy really allowed me to challenge that. We actually dive into this on the specific topic of body image inside the Empowered Eating Method program. We don't unpack trauma. We don't get into the history of your story. But we do look at some of these limiting beliefs that show up around your body and how you perceive your body. And so, yeah, I love doing it there, but doing it in therapy takes it to an even deeper level. I still go to a therapist. I don't have anything crazy or traumatic, like knock on wood, thank you God, going on in my life right now. But I do love my one hour with my therapist every month because it's a time out for me to talk it through. What's going on? What are my goals? What are some of the things that are coming up for me? How can I grow from that? How can I lean into that discomfort? It's a pause and a timeout and an invitation to grow every single month. And what's really cool about my therapist, I'm totally going to brag about her. She's actually a psychologist, but we meet by 
a walking trail and we do walk therapy, which is amazing. There's a lot of cool research showing that people are more open to behavior changes and neuroplasticity when they're in motion, which is why I love to listen to podcasts while I'm moving and do therapy the same. So, okay. So I could talk a lot about therapy, but all this to say, if you are on the fence about therapy and thinking it may or may not be helpful for you, I just want to be that little like nudge, kind of like a Jiminy Cricket that says like, it's worth it. (laughs) Do it. You will not regret it. And if you don't love the first therapist you meet with, there are lots out there. So find one that aligns with your values. Okay. So let's talk about nutrition and mental health because this is where I live, right? (laughs) This is what I love to support my clients with. There are a few things we can do to get our mental health and our nutrition in alignment. So the first one is more of a mental strength training tactic. And I'll tell you, this is the absolute, absolute hands down best thing I have ever done for my relationship with food and my body. And it is this, feel your feelings. There is a difference between physical and emotional hunger. And when we don't get in the practice of feeling our feelings, the good ones and the not so pleasant ones, we very easily confuse physical and emotional hunger. We spend a lot of time in the empowered eating method differentiating between these. And I actually think there's one more habitual hunger, but for today, we're just going to touch on physical and emotional hunger. So when I say emotional hunger, I'm not talking about just like, Hey, I had a rough day and I want some ice cream at the end of the day. I'm talking about, you know, needing things that, and going to food to meet that need. So it might be you know, I'm having a really busy day. I've been cranking out work all day long and I just want like a little pick me up. I want something sparkly and sweet in my day. And this typically shows up around like the two or three o'clock hour when we're naturally a little bit more fatigued. Maybe our blood sugar is dipping. We've been cranking out, you know, six hours of work plus whatever we did to get ready to go to work. And we're just looking for a pick me up. And there's some biological there, right? Because our blood sugar usually drops around that time, but there's more of this emotional need, like give me something fun, (laughs) give me something like some sort of reward. And so when we ignore the feelings and we don't get in contact or we don't develop that emotional intelligence, we miss this, we miss this connection. And it just shows up as like two o'clock rolls around and we're like, I'm craving a cookie. I'm craving something sweet. Sometimes it's excitement. I was actually talking to one of my girlfriends. She goes, I don't know what's happening. Every time I go see my mom, it's like, I just eat like I'm a 16 year old. And sometimes we do that, right? Like we get in these environments where we kind of go back to our older selves. Maybe it is around your parents and they were caretakers. And now you finally get to like feel that emotion of what it's like to be taken care of again. I know I feel that way with my mama every time I see her (laughs) and we can go back to that and have emotions of comfort and peace. And, and we're fooling ourselves if we think these types of emotions don't also stimulate hunger. So whether it is a pleasant, peaceful, wonderful, warm emotion, or it is a sad, despair, hopeless emotion, either of these can lead to finding joy or comfort with food. And so one of the best things we can do, and one of the things I love to start with, with my clients is actually differentiating between these two and learning tools to feel your feelings. When you feel the dark stuff, the bad days come because they do, they absolutely do. How do we get through those while we're feeling, right? Like how do we, what do we do when we can't fix it? 
And this is where therapy does come in and it's incredibly powerful. When I learned that I have bad days and I don't have to actually fix the bad day, I have to learn tools to get through the bad day and kind of adopting some of that Glennon Doyle mentality of I can do hard things. If you haven't read her book, Untamed, it's really good. (laughs) Just a little plug for her book right there. But she talks about how we have got to change this idea that if we're doing it, if life is easy, we're doing it right because that couldn't be more wrong. If life is hard, it means we're human because the hard things is a part of the human experience. So learning how to feel your feelings and when those bad days come, not always fix it, but how do you resource your tools to take care of yourself during those seasons. This one I could clearly go on and on about because I really, really believe in it. But in short, the first thing we can do to align nutrition and our mental health is to learn how to feel our feelings and resource tools to manage them first without food. But secondly, if we do choose to use food, becoming empowered emotional eaters, which I go into in my program. But for time's sake, I want to skip on to the next pieces because I want to make sure you guys have lots of takeaways from today. Okay, so the second thing we can do to align nutrition and our mental health is tackle our gut health. Our gut health has a direct line via the vagus nerve to our brain. And the relationship between these two is incredibly powerful. I've talked about this before on the show where we actually have gut expression. So kind of like when we smile and we feel happiness, when we feel that emotion, our gut takes a certain posture. When we feel stress or anger, like I'm driving down the freeway and someone cuts me off and it really (laughs) irritates me, my gut shifts. And this is where we see like irritable bowel syndrome pop up when we're stressed or anxious and we, we feel like things don't digest the same. It's because our gut is taking a different posture. So Learning to understand our gut health and the biofeedback our gut health sends us so we can implement appropriate tools is an incredibly powerful way to align nutrition with your mental health. I recently had a client who struggles with anxiety and depression, but I saw her this week in particular and it was really flared up. Her anxiety, when you could see it, she was bouncing on the Zoom screen. Her body was moving. She was fidgety. And so we started talking and she absolutely had some life stressors happening that would trigger an increase in anxiety. But then we started unpacking her nutrition. And one of the things we found is that her alcohol intake had been up. And I share this with you because understanding how food impacts our gut, which can either support or amplify some of the things we're feeling with our mental health is important. Alcohol in particular wrecks havoc on our gut health. I mean, you probably feel this when you drink alcohol, I guarantee your poops don't look the same the next day. Well, because she had upped her alcohol intake, we had discussed it and she had made this connection that she thinks it absolutely triggered an increase in her anxiety. And we broke it down biologically. What happens is when our gut health is off or there's inflammatory byproducts being produced in the gut, those messages are transferred. They're transferred through something called short chain fatty acids. They're transferred up to the brain and they send this message. I think of it kind of like a tune like a music tune playing in the background. And it's a negative tune. When our gut is off and flared up, it's sending these inflammatory tunes to our brain. And then when we go into life and we're facing the normal stressors, it's like we have this horribly annoying inflammatory tune playing in our brain. And so we don't weather the storms as well. When instead we have a balanced gut health and it's producing productive and helpful and supportive byproducts, those can travel up to the brain 
and we have more of a calming tune. I think of it kind of like if I were to be driving on the road and someone cuts me off and instead of listening to something like my kids wills on the bus, which is so annoying, (laughs) I'd be listening to meditation music or some of my favorite calming country songs. I love country. Such a country girl at heart, even though I've never lived in the country. I'm like a country girl want to be. (laughs) One last note here on our gut health is that they're finding now 90% of our serotonin, our happy hormone is made in the gut, but it has to be in a balanced space to be able to do that. And so when we're throwing things at it, that cause inflammation like excess alcohol or foods our body does not agree with, we are physiologically not setting ourselves up to weather the storms that come with life. So there, this is a long, long conversation. I'm just like barely, I'm not even scratching the surface. I'm like poking a pinhole in this topic. You'll actually see next week, I'm interviewing a gut health specialist. I'm so excited for you guys to hear that interview. But before you even go down the gut health realm, which is a quite a rabbit hole. Let me tell you, it's a fun one though. If you ask me, I'll have that conversation with any of you. Before you go down that rabbit hole, there are a few things that you can do that would be required first anyways. And that is making sure you're eating consistently throughout the day. So I like the very first step in the empowered eating method before we do anything with food. It's like eat every two to four hours. We've got to do that. We have to balance our blood sugar making sure our body knows it is safe and secure and it is going to get food again. So eating every two to four hours and then making sure we are eating enough. Most people think gut health means removing food when actually it starts with making sure we're getting adequate and consistent intake. So more on that, tune in next week. And of course, if you want to dive in deeper, we do talk about gorgeous gut health inside the empowered eating method. Okay, so with our gut health, that brings me to two specific micronutrients that are closely associated or research has shown can be really supportive in benefiting our mental health. The first one is magnesium. And there are two ways that magnesium is helpful for you. One is it actually supports gut health. So (laughs) going back to building that solid gut and making sure we have all the tools in there to keep our microbiome healthy, getting adequate magnesium is a great way to do that. The other thing is magnesium plays a critical role in brain function and mood because it's essential for optimal nerve transmission. So I'm thinking here, when we're doing work here, trying to create new neural pathways, I want to make sure all my clients have adequate magnesium. So this is typically a supplement I do recommend. Of course, here on the show, do not add anything without talking to your provider. But when I'm working with clients individually, that is one I usually recommend because you can get it from foods like leafy greens, whole grains, nuts, and seeds. It's definitely there, but getting enough is challenging. And we see a lot of the population doesn't get there. I think I just talked about this. Yeah, I did on the on Friday's episode. <laughs> if you tuned into our, our summer uh, challenge, you definitely caught some of this. I'm a huge fan of magnesium. It also has a calming effect, so having it right before bed is a great practice to help improve your sleep. So getting adequate magnesium, and then the other micronutrient that has a lot of research behind it and its relation to mental health is omega-3s. Now, omega-3 fatty acids are fats that have an anti-inflammatory action, and they can easily travel through the brain cell membrane and interact with mood-related molecules. So I am so here for the omega-3s. Most of us need about a gram a day. And just to give you an idea of where and how you could get that, that would be equivalent to having three salmon meals per week 
or a tablespoon of ground flaxseed every single day. Now, that's the minimal dose. Therapeutic doses range from one gram all the way up to 10 grams, but of course you would never wanna go that high without talking to a provider because it is a blood thinner. So we've gotta be careful with this one. But getting the accurate dosage, depending on you and your goals and your needs, can be incredibly, incredibly powerful for regulating mood. They've showed that supplementing omega-3s for two weeks improves response to depression treatment. So for someone like me working with clients who are one, struggling with cognitions, like we're trying to rewire the way we think about food and our body, and we're trying to max out nutrition status, omega-3s is a no-brainer for me. I love recommending this one to clients. Typically, I like to look for one to two grams per day. Again, pending it doesn't interact with any of your medications and specifically getting a supplement that has EPA and DHA with at least 60% from EPA. This is the specific piece that we see benefits in, in brain function. So yeah, check out your supplement if you have one already, see if it meets that criteria. Or if you want to get together with me, I'd love to come up with a specific supplement stack for you. All right. So we've got a little recap here because we covered a lot on this topic of mental health. So number one, therapy is cool. I'm just here to like shout it from the rooftops. <laughs> therapy is cool. And then if we look at nutrition and mental health, there are three things we need to do. Number one is feel your feelings and learn how to resource tools on those rougher days. Take care of yourself. Life is hard, my friend, and maybe you're having one of those days. Do yourself a favor and take care of yourself. My personal SOS plan when I'm having a really tough day is number one, I don't make any decisions or plans. It's like when I'm in that mode, I just know this is not a good day to try to make a decision. I kind of, you know, just do, do the bare minimum. I know I got to brush my teeth. I have some responsibilities I need to take care of, but I'm not setting any goals or trying to crush it today. So I give myself that grace. I put on really comfortable clothes that make me feel super cozy, make delicious tea and just watch Netflix. It's a wonderful treat to myself. And what I find is that usually after a good night's sleep and some resourcing, things pass, right? We're all in different chapters and some chapters are easier than others. So we got to have those tools to get through the tough ones. Okay. The second is understanding your gut health. We got to get gorgeous gut health. And when it's not gorgeous, understand how to implement tools to support it, know which foods or lifestyle patterns exacerbate it. There's a lot we can learn from our gut health. And to think that we're going to completely eliminate the stress on our gut or have, you know, beautiful poops. <laughs> Is that a thing? I would say poops are beautiful when they look like a snake, but you might think that's really weird. But <laughs> as a dietitian, that's what I think. So it's unrealistic to think that we're going to have you know, perfect bowel movements every single day because life is real and stress is real. But when we learn how to read that biofeedback and implement appropriate tools, we can make our journey a little bit easier along the way. And the third is getting adequate magnesium and omega-3s. I'm so glad you joined this episode today. And while we didn't fix mental health by any, any stretch of the imagination in this 20, 25 minutes, we are starting to take some steps to take better care of ourselves. And Tackling mental health, it can be really, really overwhelming, whether that's you today or maybe you have a friend that is in that space. It can be completely overwhelming, but here's the thing. It doesn't happen overnight. It actually happens one step at a time. So my hope is some of these takeaways can help you get started, can help you support a friend, maybe your kiddo, 
we can all work to build a safer place for struggle and supporting each other through it. I hope you have a blessed day, my friend. Cheers and happy eating. Gosh, I'm so glad you joined me today. If today encouraged you, would you take a minute and encourage me by leaving a review for the show? I read every single one of these reviews and your words, they mean so much to me. This podcast is here to support you weekly, but it only scratches the surface. To learn more on how you can become an empowered eater, snag my free workshop, how to eat intuitively and hit your goals without obsessing over food at jessbrownrd.com. Don't forget to join me right here next Monday where I cannot wait to fuel your awesome. Cheers, my sweet friend, and happy eating.